Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Come on, anyone thankful we've got an incredible senior pastors and Pastor Paul and Marie leading the charge. So how good is it to see him leading us with faith? And you know, we're in for great days, church. And I'm really excited about this word. I love the idea of this series about being influencers and more than a great idea, the reality is as Christians, we're called, every single one of us, to influence the people that are in our worlds. And uh, if you've got your Bible, which we're in church, that's a good thing to bring your Bible, side note, but if you've got your Bible, turn to the book of Mark, the book of Mark, and we're going to go right to the end of the book, Mark 16. And in a moment, we're going to read from uh, Mark 16, 15 to 20, but the context here is Jesus has lived his life. He has done many incredible miracles. He has hung on the cross. He has died a gruesome death. He has now rose again, and victory is in his hands, and he is in a moment in time where he's about to ascend to heaven. Ever watch those movies where there's someone and they're about to die, they're about to go, and it's like the, the mood changes, the camera focuses in, and it's like they whisper something that is so critical to the movie right at the end. You know what I'm talking about? This is the last account of Jesus speaking in the flesh on earth to his disciples. And it's although I feel to say today, whether you're in the room or in one of our locals, you're online, that Jesus wants us to lean in to what he says before he goes. It's critical for you and I to understand that Jesus changed the game, but when he left, he left with not just an encouragement, but a call to action for his disciples, you and I, because he knew how important it was going to be that we would take what message he carried and go into all the world. In fact, it says here in Mark 16, 15, go, Jesus speaking, go into all the world and preach the good news. Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Verse 19, when the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. Watch verse 20 now. And the disciples went everywhere and preached. And the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. And the disciples went everywhere and preached. And as they went, God moved. As they went with the good news of Jesus, miracles took place. Friends and family were saved. There was a change in society when the disciples not only received 
what Jesus had asked them, but went with the good news he gave them. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence that is here. However church looks in this moment, whether we're isolating right now in our homes, whether we're in one of the locals, we're in this auditorium. Father, I pray that you would speak to us in a very powerful, a very mighty, and a very real way. Let it not just be another moment in our week, not just another service that we're a part of. Lord, I pray against distraction right now, and I pray that your word would change us from the inside out. Help me to declare your good news to every single one of us as we gather around your word in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. I don't know if you've ever had this question posed to you. Do you want the good news or the bad news? Now, it's a real Daryl of a question because you don't know how to answer that. If I have the good news first, then I'm left walking away with the bad news. But if the bad news comes first and it's real bad, then I don't really have time to care for the good news because I'm now not feeling great about myself. Anyone know what I'm talking about? It's like, do you want the good news or the bad news? And, and it's like, in my lifetime, I have never ever found a moment in my life where I want to hear bad news. It's kind of a silly question because if I asked you today, do you want the good news or the bad news, you're not going to say I'll have the bad news thing. But conversely, I've always discovered in my own life and now as a dad with kids, when they think something's good, they have no problem letting me know what took place. My little man-child cruise when he gets found out by his two older sisters who dob him in about what's going on. It's amazing how a talkative young boy becomes very silent very quickly when he thinks he's holding bad news. But when he has just been able to kick the soccer ball into the soccer goal, he lets everyone know how good he is. And I wonder if the question is as simple as this in this moment when we're in a series around influencing our world, do you, do I know how good the news is that we carry? And to answer that question, I would ask you to look back in the last seven days and ask, have I shared what Jesus has done in my life with other people? Because when you truly have good news, come on, we've all got that friend, where everything seems to be good, that's going on and they have no problem telling you, you know when you have good news, it's too hard to keep to yourself. And as a church, we're about people. In fact, one of the values here at Life is that people are our priority. And if you're in this room, you're in a local, you're online and you have discovered the wonder of a life in Christ, you are a Christian, then newsflash, Jesus' last words where that you and I are now required to go and live our lives in a way where it impacts other people. And it sounds simple, it sounds easy, but if I'm honest, if we're honest, it's very countercultural in our society, in our day, in our time, in our age today to live our lives fully for other people because everything is about looking after us. No, we need to think about the people in our world, not just as the work colleague or the sports team friend or member or the mums in my mum's club, the 
people in our world are not just there because of a natural reality, but I believe God's put you where you work, where you play sport, where you do the shopping, where you hang out at that playground with the other families. He has put you there on purpose, with a purpose. But if you and I aren't careful, we miss the opportunity to preach the good news. You're not just there to earn money. You're not just at the gym to get fit. You're not just the mum of those kids because that's how it ended up. No, no, God has put us in a place of influence to reach and impact those people in our worlds. And the danger, unfortunately, of a series like this is that we think about the people that are so far gone that we would actually never reach rather than the people that we see every day. Maybe right now it's a season where you see them on Zoom. <laughs> but how many of us are actually living with the reality and revelation of the good news we carry? I think where we can go wrong is that we get confused. We have to be the good news. <laughs> but no, Jesus doesn't say, be me. He says, preach me. Rather than being good news, we have to bring the good news. And it's really easy to turn up to someone's house for dinner and feel confident about going there when you're bringing something, right? It's a little bit awkward when you turn up and you're like, hey, should I have brought something? Especially at a potluck dinner, that's real good. But, but I think if we don't actually discover what we have to bring to people, then I don't think we'll actually ever bring anything other than, let's be honest, the replay of the headlines of the bad news of the days and the times. For some reason, I think it's like we don't give it enough thought and realization that we carry good news, and it's almost as though being a Christian is that we now carry bad news. But Jesus says, no, no, you've got to go, and then, as the book of Mark puts it, the moment they went was the moment the miracles started happening in and throughout the world, and Jesus wasn't even present in the flesh because disciples decided to go and to preach the good news. You know, for many people, I believe that an invitation to church is not just enough. Hey, do you want to come to church with me? Well, why? No, I, no, I don't go to church. You know, when you carry a revelation of how good it is, <laughs> ever had the broadband guy turn up to your door? The power company? And if you're one of those, more power to you. It's got to be a hard job. But they are convinced that they can give you a better deal. They are convinced that they can give you the best deal that the news they carry is better than the reality you have. And that is why they don't give up. Until they discovered at my house once, no, I've spent a few hours on this. I've gone through the phone call for hours on end to get the best deal. And so unless you can beat this deal, my news is better than your news. And I think sometimes we do fail to realize how good the news of Jesus is 
and how much it will benefit the people that we work with, that we live with, that we influence in this day, in this age. You know, in the book of Philippians 1, Paul is writing, and he's found himself, I guess, in a less desirable place than he would want to be. He's in prison. He's in prison because of his decision to share the good news, to live that way. And sometimes I think we shy away from influencing those in our world with the good news of Jesus because of the, well, what may happen to me or what the reaction may be. But I love how Paul encourages us in a place that is definitely less than desirable. And in verse 12 of Philippians 1, he says, hey, I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me has helped to spread the good news. Everything that has happened to me has helped to spread the good news. How could he write that in a place like this? Because he's discovered that for everyone here, he's speaking of prison, including the whole palace guard knows that I am, the cha- I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have now gained confidence and boldly speak God's me- message without fear. See, he discovered that regardless of what may come on the other end of his sharing and his living, convinced that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, the good news always goes forth. The good news always brings change. The good news is what everyone is looking for. Even though someone put him in prison to try and shut him up and stop him, he had a revelation, nothing's going to stop me from sharing and declaring what Jesus has done in my life. And because of it, believers have gained confidence and the people that don't agree with what I believe are starting to discover this isn't just some good idea. This is truth and it is the real deal. We need to be people who influence people by carrying the good news. It's what God is calling us to Maybe right now you say, oh, I get that, Luke, but I feel a bit like Paul. I feel like the people in my world are too far gone or they're too hard to reach or they just don't want to know. They're not ready to receive the news. And yes, I do believe there's a need for us where possible to build a relational bridge. If someone just randomly comes up to you on the side of the street and tries to sell you something or tell you something, it's like, uh, who are you? <laughs> what? What's your name? Like, we need to discover the art of doing life with people, but with an intention and a purpose and an understanding that the good news goes forth and brings a difference no matter where people are at. And the best way I could sum this up is I was watching this last couple of weeks, again, an incredible, powerful life story from an amazing lady in our church, Sarah, and I just thought it would be a great reminder to show again the reality of the good news and what it does in bringing change in people's lives. So why don't you check out Sarah's story. Dad was an alcoholic, caused lots of verbal fights between mum and dad. I was a okay kid at home and an okay kid at school. But outside of that, I was this person who was on drugs and was sleeping around and mum got to the point where she needed to go out and deal with something for herself. She met this lady through her work and um, she invited her along to church and 
through that my mum came to know God. My sister was now in university through uni. She met a girl and um, this person asked her to church. She had been going to church over these past two years and I had seen the changes in her and I guess it almost made it worse. It made me want to rebel even more. It was kind of me and Dad, I think, we were kind of like these, the last two in our family. And then my sister started asking me every weekend, do you want to come to church with me? And one weekend I turned around to her and I said, if, you, if I go with you this one time, will you stop asking me? And she said, yes. And so I went. And then I haven't stopped going since. When I walked into those doors at church, that was half of that, you know, feeling of being home, was walking in and going far out, like, what is this that you feel whole? And that's God. And that feeling is, is what brought me back, that unconditional love that I felt. By that stage, it was Dad who'd given his life to God as well. All of a sudden, we're this family who all know God and all love God, and he's such a huge part of our lives. And Dad has been sober now for 13 and a half years. I guess if there was one thing that I could say is that if there is someone that you are praying for, or if there is someone that you are thinking about that you think is too far down that track, you never know what is going to happen, and God has got them. And just don't stop. Come on, how good is that? Just don't stop. You know, my prayer is that every single one of us would get a new revelation of the good news we have and a fresh understanding that it's not for the pastor, it's not for the Christian who's been a Christian for 20 years and has it all together, it's for every single one of us to preach the good news because God has called us to do that. Remember, we don't carry bad news, church. We carry the good news. And you know, there was a statistic uh, of a survey done that really brought this to light or hammered it home for me. Out of 8,000 people who got saved, these were the numbers of how they got saved. 5% of people were people that walked in to a church and ended up staying. 7% 7, 7 who got saved, they came because of the pastor. Yes, but better than the walk-ins. 3% came because the church had a program they liked. It may have been an Easter or a Christmas. 1% came because people went door-to-door -door knocking, asking people to come to church. 4% came because there was a good kids program. 0.0001% came because there was a crusade or a TV program. But 80% of people in this survey that got saved came because of an invitation of a friend or a family member. 80% of people. You know, I believe the good news can reach any single person and reach them any single way. But when we have relationship and conviction that we carry the good news for those we work with, 
those we live with, those we do life with, and actually be bold to be influencers, we will actually start to see people's lives impacted and changed with the reality of Jesus. So I thought it would be a great opportunity for a couple of moments to look at what the good news does. Because I think we all get the concept that we have good news, Jesus has saved us, and that's great. But I pray that you realize what you carry brings a shift into people's lives. Just like Sarah shared, it was her sister that started to see change in her life after a friend invited her to church, and then it was Beck's dogged determination to invite every single week because she knew her sister needed what she had, and then in turn, it changed the whole family. I wonder if we would just for a moment give enough room and time to discover the reality of how the good news makes a difference when we bring it and we preach it. So the first thing I think the good news will do is, number one, is the good news will sow a seed that never returns void. It will sow a seed that will never return void. Sometimes I think we fail to realize how powerful the seed is when it's sown in soil. You know, Bella, my seven-year-old is into eating watermelons, and so unfortunately at Bunnings, she saw a pack of watermelon seeds on the shelf and said, Dad, could we grow watermelons? Now, I'm no watermelon expert, but I said, sure, we'll give it a crack. Well, little did I know that it takes a good 12 to 16 weeks. It needs a very warm climate and about 10 feet of area because these things grow like wild. We're uh, six weeks in, and we're three plants down out of six, so uh, we've got half a chance. But I opened the packet, and it was like, it was literally a seed that looked like the seeds I ingest when I eat the watermelon. And I'm thinking, surely I've been gypped here. And I planted the seed, and little did I know, within several days, that seed sprouted up. And there is such power in the seed being sown. But if the seed stays in the packet, (laughs) there's no ability for it to germinate. We have to realize the good news will sow a seed that will never return void. In fact, I love 1 Corinthians three is it's a great encouragement because you don't, and I don't have to be, as I said, the good news. We have to preach the good news, but it says, after all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? Who is Tracy? Who is Luke? Who is Gavin? Like, who, who are we after all? We are only God's servants through whom you've believed the good news. Each of us have done the work the Lord gave us to do. Verse six, I planted the seed in your hearts, and it was Apollos that watered it, but it was God who made it grow. Let's not ever give up on someone who didn't welcome the good news, because the seed was sown, and we need to understand that if the seed has been sown, there's a chance that seed's now going to get watered. And if that seed is now watered, God will make it grow. Isaiah 55 verse 11 says, it is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. It will, not it might, it will. We have the good news 
but we have to send it. We have to preach the good news. Again, how am I going? How are we going in telling people about the good news? It is a seed that needs to be sown, and when it's sown, it will never return void. Number two, I think the good news will cause a reaction and bring peace. It will cause a reaction and bring peace. 1 Peter 4 verse 4 to 6 says, Hey, of course, your former friends are going to be surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. So, they hate on you. Because they don't understand. But verse 5, remember, remember that they will have to face God who stands ready to judge everyone, both the living and the dead. That is why, verse 6 says, the good news was preached to those who are now dead. So although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in the Spirit. You and I need to realize we can't fear the reaction that may take place because the good news will cause a reaction but ultimately, the good news will bring peace. You ever been in a dark room where someone flicks the light on and it hurts? The Bible says we are the light of the world. If people have been living in darkness for a while, it's going to hurt when the light comes on. In fact, I got up nice and early this morning just to do some final preparation. My alarm went off at 5 a.m. And as I was sitting there in the room, I heard a rustle outside the door. It's about quarter to six by now, and I'm like, what is that noise? I go out there, and a little cruise man is in the dark. He's helped himself to a muesli bar from the cupboard, <laughs> and he's got mum's phone from the side table in his hand. I said, bud, what, what are you doing? He goes, what? I was like, what are you doing? It's pitch black. He goes, oh, come with me. I'll show you. <laughs> he sits in the lounge, completely in the darkness, and he turns the phone on, and he's like, I'm just going to play some games because it's not wake-up time yet. <laughs> and I flick the light on, and he's like, no! I can't see! I was like, that's right, get back into bed, boy, now! Pfft, no. <laughs> but the reaction, because it was so dark, and it was still yet the sun to be up, and the light comes on, it's like, ah! Now, I had been sitting in a room in another part of the house with the light on for a good 40 minutes, so I had already adjusted. When the light went on, no reaction to me, but a big reaction to him. Sometimes I think we've got to embrace the reality that the good news we carry will cause a reaction. However, greater than the reaction is the peace that comes because now people are able to see. Acts 10 verse 36 puts it this way. This is the message of good news for all people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who actually is Lord of all. Come on, we need to be people that carry a revelation that the good news I bring is like Nurofen to back pain. That even though it causes a reaction internally, it ultimately brings the ease and the peace that is needed for you to see breakthrough in your life. Not just a reaction causer or peace bringer or a seed that won't return void, but thirdly, 
the good news will bring hope, will bring confidence, and will bring power to everyone. Romans 10, 13, you would have heard it before. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. Yes, even that person you're thinking about right now, yes, you sitting in that local, and you're like, man, that person at work, they would never. Everyone who makes a decision to call on the name of the Lord will be saved. That is good news. <laughs> and I love that it's for everyone because Christianity and the gospel, the good news is not exclusive, it's inclusive. In fact, church is the only club here on earth that exists for its non-members. We are actually here for other people. But if you're not careful, we come to church for ourselves. We keep Jesus for ourselves. And we work the opposite to what Mark 16 asks us as Jesus says, hey, before I go, guys, you really need to understand this. Go and preach the good news. Romans 1 verse 16, I love this. It says, for I am not ashamed... I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. Why? Because it is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. The Jews first and then also the Gentile. What that basically means is that in the good old days, the belief was you had to be a Jew for it to be good enough. Jesus came and flicked the script and said, no, no, I... God's grace, God's love, God's forgiveness, God's salvation, and God's power is available to all. No need to measure up. No need to have the perfect life. No need to be born into this thing. All you need to do is embrace who he is and what he's done for you, and you receive the good news. Hope, confidence, and power should be how we live because the good news brings hope, confidence, and power to everyone. And then finally, the team are going to come and join me, but I believe the good news also will always break every chain and always bring freedom. This is good news. I hope you're hearing me. There online, here in the auditorium, I want to keep harping on with the reality we don't carry bad news, we carry good news. In fact, the prophet Isaiah in 61 verse 1, which is, Backed up later when Jesus turns up here on earth. But Isaiah 61 says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. When you do a study on that, you may see the word poor and think, Oh, those that don't have much. But actually, it's those that are meek. It's the people that don't understand what they are missing right now. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that the captives will be released and prisoners will be free. Captives will be released and prisoners will be free. I believe the power of the good news breaks chains breaks chains that are holding and are binding people down, and the good news brings freedom. <laughs> there is no greater feeling than knowing you are free. 
And right now, there's people right throughout our workplaces, right throughout our universities, right throughout our families and friends that are living their life looking for an answer and maybe not even realizing they aren't free. But the good news can be sown as a seed and not return void. The good news can actually bring hope and confidence. The good news can break change. The good news is their answer, but it's up to you and I to live as Isaiah preached and say, you know what? It's on me. It's not on the person next to me or the person on the platform. It's on me to preach the good news. And so with all that in mind, what is it that we're waiting for? Because the gospel and the sharing of the good news, church, is not just about bad people coming good. It's actually about dead people becoming alive. And when you and I realize that it's not on the person that's got it all together or the person we think should be preaching, but it's on us, and we discover what good news we have, we start to live completely different. If there's anything this last season for me personally has taught is that you don't know what's going to turn up tomorrow. (laughs) You don't know what challenge you're going to face, and I've known that growing up, and the Bible teaches that, but when it becomes personal, you start to live a little different. (laughs) You start to live with a little bit of urgency. You start to, you know, make a decision. You know what? I'm a Christian not just for my sake, but for the sake of my family and my friends and my work colleagues and the people I do life with. You and I are called to be influencers. As I bring this to a close and pass it back to Pastor Paul in a moment, I want you to take heart the challenge of these words found in Romans 10, verse 13 to 15. Because it says, as I read earlier, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But verse 14 goes on to say this, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. How will someone discover the wonder of Christ, the good news of Christ, if you and I do not tell them. I think it's a day and an age where we've got to wake up, church, and realize that we don't have time to wait. We don't have time to waste. We've got to live more passionately and then on fire for God than we've ever done, but we are called to influence those that we do life with to share the good news regardless of the reaction it may cause believe that as you bring the good news seeds would be sown that would be watered that would grow regardless of the reaction believe and understand the good news is going to bring peace regardless of the reaction know that hope confidence and power is going to be birthed and realize that there is freedom and chains that will be broken when you and I bring the good Father, we thank you for your word. And I just pray that as every single one of us goes into this week, goes into whatever it looks like, Lord, I pray there would be just an outpouring of your courage into our lives and an incredible door and multiple doors to be opened for the people we work with, the people we live with, the people we do life with, where we would have the ability to share the good news. Lord, let us be influences for Christ. 
and let this year be a year where we would see so many people come to know the wonder and the goodness and the grace of the good news in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.